Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 10. It reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father." Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. We are privileged today to have Chad back with us. And uh, Chad, as we walk through here in John chapter 10, what is it that sticks out to you? What is it that you want us to focus our attention on today? Well, I think the big thing that you walk away with is really in the beginning of this chapter where Jesus is describing him as a good shepherd. That when you really start outlining, really seeing the care, the love, the protection, but even some of the things of that, you know, his sheep hear his voice. I mean, there's so much wealth in this. And one thing I take away big time from just walking through this is I find rest in this passage. I find contentment because it really is Christ is helping us understand our relationship with him. 
And I think that's, I mean, look, we look through this and the fact that when we hear his voice, that w- those will come. And he talks about even the ones who are future. And we more in details of what he's referring to there. We could get into that. But I think for all of us is to be reminded like of the rest that we can find in Christ. And he talks about the abundant life. And we'll talk a little bit uh, about that too. But I think the thing to remember is like we really should have a rest and contentment above all other people. It's not because our rest and contentment comes from what we get or what we do, but ultimately because it comes from the rest that we find in Christ and knowing that like our relationship with him is complete, that he's completely satisfied with us uh, wherever we're at. And so that's my main takeaway. Yeah. So, hey, Chad, I really appreciate how you focus us in on that thought of rest. I was just walking and talking with Pastor Jeff the other day. And he was really focusing my mind on how busy and how rapid fire everything we're doing in our life is now. And so everything is fast. Everything is fast food. Everything is quick. But there's no real element of rest built into our lives. And so let's let's focus in on what are some of these other benefits that we see that this passage draws out or that we see in this image of the shepherd and what he provides for his people. What are those benefits that we should be looking to and we should see as hallmarks of our relationship with Christ? Yeah, so let's talk about one where I think is big here is in verse uh, 10. It says, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I think a big part of that is when we look at a verse like that, it's like, oh, you you hear different ways of the abundant life. But I think what we will be reminded of is the fact when we are saved, we get a identity in Christ. And the fact of the benefit of that is what Second Peter 1 talks about, is that we get to live in the benefits of the divine nature. And what it's talking about, it's not talking about like we become dead gods. We don't become a God. It's talking about that we get to live the life of spiritual contentment, of rest that Christ had all along. And so when we're talking about abundant life, it's the spiritual abundant life that we have and the opportunity to have joy, to have peace, be able to love, to be able to kind. That's the abundant life that we have. And I think sometimes that gets overshadowed, but that's just one of those things. The other one is we talk about rest. The fact that, I mean, talks about sheep and we can talk about Psalm 23 and how, but we get to live in and out. Like it's coming in and out of this element of protection and knowing that we have the good shepherd watching over us, taking care of. If there's onlookers who are coming to kill, destroy us, that he's our protector and Again, it doesn't mean that we won't find harm in tribulations and trials, but again, knowing that we're being overseen by the good protector, we can find, again, that that contentment of heart. Like, I can live this life knowing that these hardships are going to come, no difficulties are going to come, knowing that pain's going to come. I've had things done to me, or people said hurtful things, and that they were trying to hurt me. And I can come back and say, I can trust in the Lord because I know he's overseeing my life. He's the shepherd. And if I am willing to listen to the voice, knowing that I'm a child of his, that I hear his voice, I follow him, is that I can walk through this with solid ground, like because of who he is. And it's all dependent on his character and what he's doing in my life, not necessarily dependent on what I do, even though as an obedient sheep, I live to follow my shepherd. 
Thanks, Chad, for focusing us in on these present realities that we experience. I think that one of the struggles a lot of our listeners might have is so much of what we think about our relationship with Christ is focused on like future glories and future things like, oh, I'll go to heaven. I'll experience fullness there. But these are offered to us in present realities. The abundant life that he speaks of is something we should be experiencing here on earth. It's not something we wait for this full fulfillment that we don't see anything this side of glory. And so we should, like you said, be able to rest in those things, in the promises, in the peace, in the protection, in the different things that our good shepherd provides for us. So Chad, let's let's focus here on a question that some of our listeners might be having. So we hear here that we're supposed to hear the voice of Jesus and what's going on. But even in this passage, we have examples of things that are hard for us to understand. We don't understand first century Jewish agriculture, what's happening, how this person is the gate for these sheep. We don't understand other things that are explained in this passage about even demons and demonology and the situations and historical events and locations and things like that that are there. So how is it that we balance this humanity of not understanding these things with the desire to hear the voice of Jesus, to know that we are called as his sheep? So yeah, I think one big thing to remember is that I've run into a lot of people over the years who are saved and who, but then struggle with, am I saved? Because I don't understand God's word. And then we start asking questions. Okay, what does that mean? What does that actually look? Because if you read through this passage, you're going to find things that you just don't understand. Like verse 23, Jesus is walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. Like, what in the world does that mean? And then we looked at it like shepherd. And you could apply your modern day understanding of a shepherd, which is somebody who has a huge field fenced in and there's some sheep. That is not what this uh, first century shepherd was. This first century shepherd had this little enclosure for the sheep at night. And so basically the shepherd would lead them out to open pastures during the day, let them eat, and then would bring them back at night for protection. And a lot of times there wasn't a gate. There wasn't something. Basically what the shepherd would do to make sure the sheep stayed in and nothing came into the fenced-in area to attack the sheep, he would lay at the gate. He was the gate, actually. And so when you look at this passage, is, is there so many things like this? And I think what can happen is sometimes we can get discouraged because we feel like, ah, I just don't understand, or man, I don't have the time to study that out. And to read, I would say, this is how we should approach it. We should approach it to hunger for God's word, to learn something new that maybe we haven't learned before. Because I think when you start reading scripture, is sometimes you stop discovering. It's a check mark. Okay, I'm done. I did my reading for the day. But you really didn't seek to discover. And then to be able to like let those things that you might not understand and chew on them. It's okay to like wrestle with scripture. I think um, people are like fearful because they have to wrestle with it to get understanding. I say, no, that's, we're all there. We're all wrestling with it. I mean, I love Pastor Jeff and other pastors who sit there and have to wrestle with God's word before they actually preach it. And that's why it takes hours to prep that people just don't understand. You know, it's, it takes time. And so that's why I'd say for whether, you know, a student, whether you've been uh, walking with the Lord for one year, whether you've been walk, walking with the Lord for 10 years, doesn't matter is that you need to know that you're, you should wrestle with this and be learning and discovering the depth of what God's word is. And so sometimes that's going to be just reading it repeatedly. Sometimes that means like to understand the temple, you're going to have to do some study and some research uh, to understand why shepherd there's, there's resources out there. And one resource I'd say 
is like, look for other people who are wiser. That's that's a great, just to have conversations over scripture. It's okay. I mean, I, I look through this and when we start talking about demonology, I'm like, what? Why was I even a question of can demon open the eyes? Like, I, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I, oh, I need to wrestle with that. I need to wrestle with demonology more of what a Jew would think about a demon and what that involved. But then for us is then to just be able to be okay, be okay and content. Like, we don't understand the, the full depth. None of us do. We're all wrestling towards understanding that depth. But to also not to just be apathetic about it. I think that's where we, we fall into traps is we become apathetic about God's word. And we we do it more of as a check mark. And that's not, if we're wanting to grow and understand of who God is, how his perspective on this world, what we are called to, is like we have to be wrestling to get to a deeper, deeper understanding of the word. It takes work, but obviously it takes the Holy Spirit then to help us actually think about what that looks like in our life. That's a great reminder for us, Chad. And I know that a long time ago, I had a wise person in my life who said, hey, the greatest things in life are not the easiest things in life. That sometimes there has to be some work put in to reap the benefits that you're looking for. And so I definitely think that studying scripture falls into that category. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Just because it's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't still desire to move forward. But I also appreciate how you balance that with the thought of, hey, sometimes we have to be okay with our lack of understanding. That's part of our faith, is that we trust that though we don't understand the fullness of what's happening, that we have a God who we can trust in. And we know that his perfect plan is for our best interests because he loves us, because he desires to have a relationship with us. And so I also appreciate how you've given us a path to look forward to solving these questions that we have in our life. Use those wise people around you. Use the tools that you can gather so that you can understand what's going on here. And that's why each time we ask you to look at the passage and find a question that you have, study that question, talk with other people about it, use those resources so that you're constantly growing in your understanding of what God's scriptures are saying so that we can collectively grow in our love for God and in our obedience to his commands as we seek to glorify him in all we do. Know today you are loved.